Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, this is Mark Ritter. Welcome to Credit Union Conversations. I am your host, and I am also, for my day job, the CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending. And uh, if you haven't noticed at all, 2022 is a little different than the past few years of 2020 and 2021. They're a little bit more open. All the events are happening. I can go to a Broadway show now uh, and do a lot of different things. But also, at your credit union, things are quite a bit different. We're in a different interest rate world. We're in a different environment. And we're also in a different mode of attracting members, retaining members, interacting and working with our members. So joining me today to talk about how we can do things a little better, faster, stronger today is Stephanie Hange from Leverage, which is the service center arm of the League of Southeastern Credit Unions. Stephanie, how are you doing? Hi, Mark. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. So before we start, I always like to have people give me their uh, origin story of uh, a little bit of your background, where you live, where you're from, uh, and what you do in the credit union business today. All right, great. Well, um, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and talk today. I uh, live in the Midwest. I'm from Lafayette, Indiana, where Purdue University is. And I got my start in the credit union industry by working at the credit union, Purdue Employees Federal Credit Union. And I had made that jump from the nonprofit sector where I was a marketing director for a chamber of commerce. I've been in the credit union industry since 2006 and have loved it. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk more about payments with you today. Great. So let's role play a little bit here. I am a credit union and we we call you up and say, Stephanie, I know we're, we're not doing as much as we can. What's the first bits of information you like to talk about to a credit union just to see where they're at these days? You know, in terms of payments, I'm always probably going to focus first on a credit card program because that can be the most profitable for the credit union. And I really am going to gauge the appetite that they have. Many times a credit union will say, I want to do this, but then it comes right down to it. They maybe don't really have the appetite to take the risk, to make the investments, to train the employees. And we start uncovering and peeling that onion to see, all right, you want to do it. What do you really want to do? Do you have the resources? And if you've got all of those things, what's the barrier? And many times we look at finding internal barriers and how to overcome them so that they can be successful. Tell me a little bit about the current state of the credit. Let's talk credit cards a little bit. Tell me a little bit about the current state of the credit cards, uh, where they're at, what they're going, um, what credit unions should really be looking out to to make sure they're maximizing the program. And what are the most common, some of the mistakes that you see out there? 
Yeah. Um, so you, the, the credit card industry is certainly coming back. You know, during the pandemic, many issuers, banks and credit unions saw balances decline. Those are growing again. Banks are growing outstanding balances faster. You might see those amazing offers that are landing in your mailbox every day. The mailbox is the biggest competitor a credit union will have in terms of account acquisition and then also account retention because the banks know there are there is a opportunity they're willing to take the risk they're giving big rewards and the mistake that credit unions are making in that environment is they're not promoting their cards differently they're just doing it the same as they were before the pandemic and through my work I've worked with credit unions and realized that many haven't changed their programs for many years they haven't done it since the pandemic they didn't do it before the recession you know many years ago they're just not being reactive to the industry but they're wanting different results so really being able to position themselves to change their programs and and to lead their products most effectively credit unions are very proud of their low rates that's why credit unions exist to offer their members reduced rates and return their profits to their members but in a credit card environment you can't lead with rate. And when you look at the national APR is about 18%, and most credit unions never have a rate above 18%. So they're leading with rate thinking, this is what's gonna get a consumer to come to me, they're gonna love this great rate. Whereas many consumers, rate isn't a factor. It's, I want rewards, I don't want an annual fee. And what I really want is safety and security. And so credit unions forget to work and focus on those attributes because they're so proud of their rates. And when you leave with rate, consumers think of debt and then they don't open the account. So, you know, credit unions really have to think about things differently, but sometimes they just lack that resource and knowledge internally. Yeah, sometimes I, I just find that you, you've had, you, you've been swimming in your own pond so much and you know usually all the employees at the credit union they have the credit card they use it and quite frankly they're happy and so they don't see the marketplace they don't see what's out there and if they get another solicitation they might just rip it up and throw it away and and don't understand that uh current marketplace uh, and i don't know about you but i'm per- certainly spending uh more on my credit card on a monthly basis right now so I would imagine uh, the industry is seeing quite a bit of uh, shifts in terms of spending habits. Sure. The um, overall, through the pandemic recovery, certain geographic areas of the United States are recovering more quickly than others. And then different types of consumers have returned to spending in different frames. So for instance, I, I found an interesting visa released a study recently that the affluent industry is the last group of consumers to go back to pre-pandemic spending, which is kind of confusing. The, the group that maybe had the most money has really held back and they're really just now getting back into that pre-pandemic level spending. So yes, spending is increasing and that's why credit unions need to really focus on usage messages to current cardholders while also focusing on acquisition messages to uh, members they want to deepen a relationship with that don't have a credit card or to acquire new members with a credit card at a credit union. Yeah, I always find in, in my side in the commercial world, it can be long. It can be a very complex relationship. But that credit card can be an easy entry into a new relationship and the most often overlooked. 
where people, you know, you know what it's like to switch your checking account, uh, applying for a mortgage, but you can really gain a good entryway to a, a new member or, or expanding your existing membership with a credit card. But you gotta have, uh, you know, you gotta have the right horses uh, pulling the pulling the carriage there, or else it just goes nowhere, and it has to be competitive. And and and, and in today's world, I can't imagine a product that's more competitive than credit cards. Yeah, exactly. So in terms of you know deepening a relationship at a credit union, you know, when a member comes in and they get an auto loan, you have everything you need right before you to offer the credit card to that that member. You have their their credit report. You know how much disposable income they have. So you've, you know, satisfied proof of ability to pay. You know their debts. You know their risk. You can underwrite it because you can see whether they have a balance somewhere else and bring it to your credit union. But it's a mindset of not being necessarily an order taker of, oh, you asked for an auto loan? Here is your auto loan. Happy let you drive away because, boy, that car you're going to get, you're going to need to put some gas in there. And when you go to a gas station, you're probably not walking in and paying cash for that gas. You're going to swipe a card at the pump. So it's it's really a natural conversation. How about that serious radio subscription you have in that great new car? How are you going to pay for that? You got to have a card on file. Let's get you set up with our card. Absolutely. So so let's switch gears to what what I'll say is the good old-fashioned debit card. What what's new in that space, and what should credit unions be be looking out for when it comes to their debit business? You know, debit is is really one of the preferred card methods, and so I think, from my perspective, one of the misconceptions that still has to be addressed and overcome with consumers is safety and security of using a debit card in an online environment. There are going to be members who are going to be very debit heavy and prefer to use a debit card for all their purchases. In many years, it has been said, oh, don't use a debit card online, that would be dangerous. So there's so much safety and security that's improved. So the safety and security messages that credit unions need to be talking about more to get the debit card used in places other than at a POS because e-commerce transactions are only going to continue to increase. So giving your members that confidence that you have their back, that you work with um, leading technology, security to protect them, and then that the member can also know what they should be looking for that might be a trigger of a fraud or an attack of a card compromise and how they can work with the credit union. So educating the member of, here's the card, here's how to use it, here are all the places we want you to use it and you should feel using safe using it. However, please know, don't ever give your credentials out. Please know, don't ever, you know, um, watch your transactions. If you see something suspicious, give us a call. Educating that member on the importance of how to use the card, that it can be used at millions of locations worldwide, not just here in the U.S., not just here geographically near the credit union, but where they can use it, including embedding it in a mobile and digital wallet. Yeah, I have uh, education. I can speak firsthand from the education side because I now have a college-age daughter with her own accounts <laughs> using her credit union debit card several hours away at Penn State. And it, it, it really is that education piece where she's calling me, what, what card should I use? When should I use it? How should I use it? What, what do I need? And, and, and really use it, lifting up that debit piece of uh, using that and, and I really see that debit card, like you said, 
as that primary. If you ask people, you know, where they have their account, they, you know, I, I, I have uh, many, many credit union accounts, probably too many if you ask my wife. But if you ask me where I have that account, it's where I have my debit card and checking account and getting that mm -hmm. usage and getting that habit. But that's a really good point of the education. Um, me, I probably have leaned way too much on and, and bifurcating up online purchases to credit cards. And you know, mm -hmm. when I'm at the grocery store, that's my debit card. But really, what you're saying is there's really not any material risk between the two universes in today's world. It's not like it was 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Consumers really should feel confident using a debit card any place they would use a credit card. A debit card is buy now, pay now. A credit card is buy now, pay later, which might be I'm going to pay it off when my statement comes. I might pay it off next week because I have the ability to pay at any time. Or it might be I'm going to pay that credit card in some installments over a year or I'm just going to continue making a minimum payment and have permanent debt. So debit cards, buy now, pay now, credit cards buy now pay later but average consumer makes 70 payments per month so you know whether that's on a debit card or a credit card credit unions want to get that tap swipe whatever it is out of their card holder i haven't added it up in my family but between my wife and kids i'm going to take the over on the 70 cards of payments a month so oh oh it, yeah it i'm an overachiever more well. than that <laughs> When my daughter was in college, you mentioned you had a college-aged daughter. She, my daughter was uh, going on spring break. She was visiting someone in another country who was on a study abroad. And as I took her to the airport, it was asking her if she'd call the credit union, put an alert on her account that she was traveling. And she gave me one of those side-eye stares and said no. And I asked her, why not? And she said, Mom, I can't use my card there in this other country. She was going to Costa Rica. And I said, why can't you use your card in Costa Rica? She said, Mom, they don't take US dollars there. And I said, exactly, <laughs> because you have, I know, isn't it funny? But I felt like such yes. a failure, but then I realized the credit union had failed her as well, because the message wasn't out that you can use this anywhere and we will convert for you. And it was just one of those funny conversations where I said, well, we got about five more minutes left in the car, so you better call the credit union now and put that alert on there. Yes, it takes, uh, yeah, sometimes, uh, we're, we're, sometimes we're like the contractor who never fixes his own home and uh, doesn't realize yes. we have to take care of our, uh, our family and tell them what to do and, and lead all throughout. Yeah. So I, I gotta tell you, this is, this is my, I, we, we have a, a second home, uh, our getaway in Northern Pennsylvania, and it is remote. And when I say it's remote, it is remote. So I t drove 45, actually it's closer to an hour to go to Lowe's. I had to do some repairs around the house, get all of my mm -hmm. stuff after an hour drive. I reached down in my pocket <laughs> and realized no wallet, none. I bet you had your phone. <sighs> yes, but I had my phone. And yep. if you have a, so in terms of business school and marketing experience, I am what you would call a laggard. I like to do the same thing that I do all the time and never use my phone. So I'm sitting here with all these su supplies and I said, aha, wait a minute. I bought 
uh, some tickets using my mobile phone and realized I had my credit union card on Google Pay. And now Mm -hmm. I am a uh, digital payment. Uh, Everywhere I go, I am tapping my phone after ignoring that and thinking that was something for uh, young kids and that was silly and I'm just gonna use my card. Right. I am years behind, so tell me about digital payments and the credit union side and what's out there for people and what they should be thinking about. Yeah, that's a great story about not having your wallet, but we we don't go anywhere without our phones. So in terms of credit unions, I, I still see many that are laggards, as you said, slow adopters to getting into what we call the pays, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay. And that's where you embed those card credentials in the wallet on your phone. So when you get somewhere and you don't have your wallet, you're certainly gonna have your phone, you can tap your phone at the terminal and go on your way. But where we're seeing in the industry, the most of those mobile payments with Apple Pay, Samsung Pay and Google Pay, that's happening when you're already in an app on your phone and you want to buy something and it's just as simple as a double click and I hope you've done this before and if not do it otherwise watch your family you could be sitting around the couch or sitting around in your living room watching a TV show and everybody's on their phone while they're watching TV but they're most likely shopping as well because I might see a Facebook ad and something comes up and I think oh I really like that well I don't have to get up and walk across that room to get my purse to get my card out to type it in to get frustrated when I didn't have the CVV code in correctly I just sit there and double click and I have bought it no one else in the room even knows I've made a purchase and so when consumers Consumers have that ability and credit unions aren't offering that type of payment, they're really losing out on a lot of transactions and the engagement and then it doesn't appear that you're very innovative. So as a credit union who did enroll in the pays and hasn't really gotten super comfortable with it, they need to find that one employee at the credit union might be one of the younger employees who wants to be the ambassador, the technology ambassador. Because when members come to the teller line, if they're coming inside and they're standing there doing a transaction in person, they most likely have their phone out. It's a great way to have a conversation for credit unions who did enroll in the pays to ask that member, hey, did you put your card in, in, the, in your wallet, in your mobile wallet? And when the member says no, and I don't understand, that employee can then help that member understand how to put it in, why it's safe and secure, why it's safer maybe than other ways to use your, your, um, your card. But using it in a mobile experience is only gonna continue to grow because we know e-commerce is growing and it's not gonna go back and the pays will lead members to additional engagement and we need to get them in the apps to be card on file, top of glass, top of wallet, whatever you wanna call it because Uber Eats and Grubhub are here to stay. We wanna eat, we want it to be easy, we wanna buy our tickets online on our phone, other retailers, and it just provides that really seamless mobile shopping experience that consumers like and they want and they expect. So credit unions really have to embrace that other piece of technology 51% of Americans now use some form of mobile contactless wallet. What's the process like and how difficult it is for to get your credit union connected with the digital payment platforms? Does that go through more of your credit card processor? 
Does it go through uh, your individual credit union? Like, because I, I I don't know a, a credit union in the world that says I need more projects and we don't have anything to do. And and getting things like that bumped up on the list sometimes is a challenge, as you may know. So what what does that yeah. process look like to 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 bring your credit union into the digital payment world? So during my credit union tenure, we were one of the uh, early adopters of Apple Pay. When Apple Pay first came out, we were one of the early adopters. And I know from experience that the process is a lot easier now than it was then. So you are correct. A credit union would engage with their processor. And what happens is it's called BIN tokenization. So the BIN that all the cards are in, the BIN is actually tokenized. It's, it's set up for tokenization. Once that's done, the, the processor works with um, Apple Pay, Samsung, and Google. They work with whether it's a MasterCard or Visa issuer to get the project set up. Um, once they are set up and the bin is tokenized, that's very valuable to the credit union because that bin will always be tokenized if they ever change processors. If they own the bin, they can take it with them and the, and the tokenization uh, would be set up, but they would maybe have to redo it again. But it's not as cumbersome as it was before. It really should be a top initiative. As you said, credit unions have so many projects going on. But when you think that payments, how they represent 80% of member interactions with their primary financial institution, and everybody wants to be a PFI, 80% of member interactions are payments related. That is the importance of getting tokenization set up, having those new technologies that really aren't so new, but somehow still seem new, getting those set up should move that to the top of the priority list. That, that's that's an interesting uh, stat there. Where And really, I, I should think more about this because when it comes to working with your members, um, yeah, we spend a lot of times on loans, and that that's a one-time event, whereas the payment interaction is a daily event. And you know, there, there's a high-profile pain point, a very public pain point going on with somebody who didn't who who dropped their mobile app in banking, and, and it's a disaster for the credit union. And and in that digital experience and ease in payments has just become the norm and the expectation rather than the cutting edge. My question mm-hmm. for exactly. you is, you know, these always start, initiatives with like this always start with the largest of the large credit unions. Because uh, that's who the payment issuers like to work with because there's a lot more money. How much has this the digital payments filtered down to the midsize and small credit unions, and is that a viable option for them now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I can answer that from the perspective. You know, some of the smaller credit unions, a hundred million and less, we're not seeing a lot of adoption. But from our organization and our mission to help credit unions, as we bring credit unions on and we make enhancements to their program or suggest enhancements to their program, we feel so strongly about that that many times we are making sure that is just part of what you do. That is just that is just a piece of doing business. If you are an issuer, it, this isn't optional. It can't even be a question of do you or don't you. It's you have to. This is how you are going to be competitive. This is how you are going to be successful. You can choose to 
be in one of the pays. You don't have to be in all three. You can choose one, not necessarily recommending that, but you know, if it's a cost perspective, credit union does have that ability, but it really is just as important as, are you gonna issue a card? Yes, then you need to be in one of these pays in order to be competitive and successful. So I'm gonna go uh, offline for a second here. And as we begin to talk, I have to, to ask, two years ago, uh, you may have known we were in the middle of a pandemic and things shifted quite a bit to digital online. Uh, to, to give me, give me your pan, what your pandemic life was at the peak of the pandemic when all of a sudden branches were shut down and people were trying to move their payment systems and processes and make these sudden shifts. What was life like for you during the pandemic working in the payments business? You know, we were really, at that point, just really guiding credit unions on how to survive. What what our organization saw firsthand were credit unions that couldn't keep their doors open because they didn't have employees because their employees were sick. And so we were actually literally jumping in and becoming a credit union's back office because they couldn't function because they didn't have enough employees. So we were seeing more of an instability in employment workforce than, you know, any changes. We, what we didn't see that I, I wonder if you're asking is we didn't see credit unions coming to us saying, oh my gosh, I need to change my ways. I'm not set up. I can't, I can't embrace this whole digital, you know, not in person environment. Help me change now. They weren't reacting that quickly because they were still back here with, I got to keep, I got to figure out how to keep things going. My doors might not be open, but our business is open and I've got to figure out how to serve my members because I don't have enough employees. So I'm really glad you could join us today. And I, I really think this, get, getting your payments in control is really going to be the key to keeping, retaining, and building those member relationships. And when people are out there in the community and they use their phone and they have a nice card that works well and they say, oh, yes, I use my local credit union, I, I think this is going to be, you know, the, the last episode, I really talked a lot about building member relationships over transactions. And I think that's mm -hmm. what you're doing is helping people build relationships rather than just a transaction. So tell tell yes, the folks exactly. a little bit about uh, about the the organization and how what roles you play and how you might be able to help them out and how to get in touch with you. Great, thanks. Um, you know, Leverage Payment Solutions, we are nationwide, so we serve credit unions anywhere throughout the United States. And our team is made up of people who worked in the industry, whether it be processing or the credit union size side. So we know what credit unions need. And we also know what other vendors are charging large costs for. And we get to help credit unions grow and thrive because we use economies of scale and share the savings back with our credit unions. Um, just like a credit union shares their profits back with um, their members, we can do that at the very beginning. We do things a little bit differently because we understand both sides of it. And um, we are here to help credit unions. That is always, always our first thought. As credit unions think, what's best for my member, we're always thinking what's best for our credit unions, whether we can offer them a debit processing solution, credit processing solution, how to make loan payments in a, in a virtual environment, as well as rewards, and then how those networks transact. So 
I'm a consultant. I'm, I'm actually a complimentary service to any of our clients, which is very different as well. Most other um, businesses that are similar to ours, you know, what I do, you have to pay for. We feel so strongly and we want credit unions to be successful in the payments industry. We have three consultants on our team so that we can do this for them. Well, that's great. We'll make sure to put the uh, connections and the links to Leverage Payment Solutions in the show notes. So wherever people are listening to this show, uh, they can have your contact information at their fingertips. So once again, thank you for for joining us. Uh, Thank you for everybody for listening. Please subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast network or on your phone, however you prefer to listen and share our story and uh, at your credit union or wherever you're listening. Have a great day and talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.